0: This episode of Gush is brought to you by the Farm Boy Trope. Are you tired of being trapped in your small town, working on the family farm, feeling like you're made for more? Well, good news, you could be the chosen one. A classic staple in fantasy adventures and real-life scenarios, be on the lookout for MacGuffins that could propel you on a hero's journey. Start thinking about your fatal flaw now and be prepared for an adventure. The Farm Boy Trope. Hey, it works for Luke Skywalker and Moana. Check, check. Check E1, check 2 All right, I'm recording. I'm good. Are you? Oh, no, I can't hear you anymore.
1: (laughs) How about now? Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. There we go.
0: Yes. Okay. Wow. Perfect. Great.
1: Awesome. Uh, The best. The best. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: welcome to the very first episode of Cinema Gush. My name is Nick. And And I'm Brendan. And we are here to talk about movies that we love. The whole reason this podcast exists is because it is the year 2020, and things haven't been super great for everybody. Did did something happen? Did something happen? Did a number of things happen? Quarantine. (laughs) <laughs> A number of crazy things oh. So we just want to put something good out into the world Something fun, something easy I know some of you are driving and listening to this Some of you are just sitting and listening to this Some of you may be on your walking treadmills Listening to this As opposed to running treadmills I'm sure they're the exact same thing uh, But we just we want to talk about movies We both love movies and this is something we would kind of do in college, where we would just say, "Oh my gosh, you haven't seen this movie! I mean, I just all this. Oh my gosh, this part!" And, and you know, those type of people—that's that's us. We're we're that is us as people.
1: We're and just, we miss it. And the yeah. world sucks. And why yeah. not do it? Like keep, uh, yeah, and share it with whoever wants to listen to our rambling nonsense of movies <laughs> we enjoy.
0: With you, fine people, and and we'll bring other people on the show too. You know, we'll. We'll talk to other folks who just do regular everyday stuff. We might get some folks in the movie industry too to just talk about the movies that they love. And you know what? So much the better if it's not like IMDB's top fifty, or even AFI's top one hundred, whatever's, or even if it's like the not the top thousand greatest movies of all time. I mean we're not. I'm not doing this one. But one of my favorite movies ever is Kung Pao Enter the Fist, and I'm
1: surprised. Oh, we should do that one. How many
0: people don't know that movie? But I love that movie. I quote it like crazy. It is a great film. Let's and do that. Is, it is for sure on nobody's best of year end list, decade end list, century list. What is? It's not there. But that's the kind of movies we're looking for because that's where like the real love and gush comes in.
1: Yep. I think yeah. we've limited the kind of movies we're going to talk about somewhere between... It's, if it's l- really lowbrow, we'll accept it. And if it's really highbrow, we'll accept it. And then anywhere in between, we'll also accept it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That, that's... Okay. That's exactly what we're aiming for.
0: And so today, I'm going to gush to all of you about one of my favorite movies. Um, it's been in my favorite movies list probably... I don't know. I think I came up with my official top 10 favorite films. Well, I guess I'll say 10 movies because I'm definitely one of those... You know, movies are like the popcorn eating kind of fun structured stuff that you see all the time and the hero's journey and all those things. And then there's crazy like films, like The Godfather or other films. I don't wanna say I don't wanna say movies, I think they are different. I agree with Scorsese, I think they are different. So I have my list of top ten favorite movies of all time, and and one for me is Back to the Future. It is the most perfect film I've ever seen. I love it, I've seen it so many times, I love it, I love it, I love it. But I'm not here to talk about Back to the Future. I'm not even here to talk about The Dark Knight, which is number two. I'm here you to talk like about those movies. I do, I do. I love huh. those movies. But I feel like both of those are on those top lists of all time, and that's kind of fun. But that's not what we're here to do. So I'm going to talk about my third favorite movie of all time, which is Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs>
1: hey, hello, everyone. <laughs> A movie I had never seen before you sat me down and made me watch it in college. Yeah, that must have been 2006,
0: 2007, I think. This guy, yeah,
1: yep, that had to be around there. Yeah,
0: and now I have this fancy pants Blu-ray as opposed to some lousy standard SD, well SD, standard SD, I don't know what the hell I'm saying, VHS or whatever, <laughs> and now I have it on this delightful Blu-ray that my good friend Eric gave to me, and uh, I just watched it again recently, and I just love this movie, so I'm going to get into it right now all right Muppet Treasure Island came out in 1996 and I remember seeing the teaser in theaters I don't know what it was for I might have been some 95 94 movie because you know back then you had the trailer and then it was like a whole year later and even now you still have those but occasionally you get the whole Nintendo thing where it's like oh we got a game coming out next week and you're like oh holy crap but anyway I saw that <laughs> teaser from Muppet Treasure Island which I'm gonna throw the audio in right here
1: Centuries ago, ruthless pirates plundered and pillaged on the high seas at will. They buried their stolen treasures on faraway islands, promising death to any who approached. But legend has it, there was one brave enough to stand against them. His skill and daring were unmatched, and his mere presence struck fear into even the blackest of hearts.
0: Everyone,
1: Muppet Treasure Island
0: Isn't that great? Like at the very end like Kermit hello everyone just pops out oh I never suspected that and even back then like I did love the Muppets because Muppet Christmas Carol had come out a few years earlier and that is a Christmas tradition in our house so I am a fan of the Muppets I'm a fanboy I admit it okay like I'm a bit biased in that regard but you know what this is is the king of the muppet movies this is peak muppetry i tell you peak us 90s kids were blessed blessed i tell you with this adaptation (laughs) i haven't even read or seen or done anything with regular treasure island with this movie i don't even bother with the source material i have never read treasure island i've never seen an adaptation of treasure island except for this one because this has to be the best version of all of those things including the classic
1: by robert louis stevenson okay so that was what I was going to ask you today, because I have never read Treasure Island. I've never seen an alternative version of Treasure Island. I've been really wondering how close this is to Treasure Island, and you're saying that neither of us have any idea.
0: Not any idea whatsoever. I even thought about trying to binge read it or something, or binge listen to it on audio on two times speed like I do on my other audio books, but I thought, nah, man, this is the way it's done. You're talking about rats? Like Rizzo, who has a, uses the dang ship as a cruise line?
1: Are you kidding me? That was, that's, that's, that was my no favorite, part. I, that was I favorite part. That was my favorite part? That joke carried on the whole damn movie, and I kept expecting them to forget it, and it that was the best part of the movie. Oh my gosh.
0: Every part of Mother Treasure Island is the best part of the movie, in my opinion. I mean, the first thing you hear, the first thing you are absolutely slapped in the face with is this delightful ear treat. And why wouldn't you be? Because the music is done by none other than freaking Hans
1: Zimmer. All right. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. He did the score for this. It is excellent pirate score. Like, nothing had matched that until Pirates of the Caribbean, which I completely think that would not exist if Muppet Treasure Island did not do as well as it did at the box office, which I think it did okay. But if it didn't prove that audiences were interested in not only Muppets, but the whole Pirate thing in general, I don't think they would have gone for Pirates of the Caribbean because... I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but the whole point is, boom, Hans Zimmer right out the bat. First on-screen cast name, who do you see? It's Tim Curry. So, you know, automatically, it's going to be a good movie. That's stupidly easy. Um, he, the dude literally had his leg tied behind him the entire movie. Because that's what method acting is, Brendan. It's tying your leg <laughs> behind your back the entire movie while performing next to Muppets. That's method acting. You gotta see the guy when he does interviews about Mother Treasure Island. He he cusses and he's just like he's like, if you could upstage <laughs> the Muppets, that's like that's real acting right there, you know? So right <laughs> well, off I the back Yeah, go ahead. The
1: guy freaking chewed the scenery and everything he was in. It was just it was delightful. Every moment you saw that guy's mug come on camera, you knew you were gonna be in a treat for just nonsense occurring over and over and over again.
0: Oh absolutely. Absolutely. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. And, you know, I know he's been having a hard time with life lately, and so we definitely send thoughts and prayers to you, Tim Curry, because you are an amazing human being. You are an amazing wait, wait, actor. Wait, what happened? Uh, I think he had a stroke. I did not know that. Oh, um, bummer. Oh, bummer. Here we are trying to bring good
1: into the world, and now we're talking about poor Tim.
0: <laughs> well, I we can know. always
1: cut this out if you don't want it.
0: Oh, no, it's okay. Um, I'm trying to think what exactly it was that happened to him uh da, da, da. He, yes he had a stroke in 2012 so he's currently in a wheelchair um i've seen pictures of him lately though so he is looking better but he you know again he's the man it's tim curry yeah he's awesome clue okay i'll have to say his clue all right I, so first, i've
1: never seen clue
0: ah uh, you gotta see clue man
1: you, got, you gotta check it out at some point it's really good he plays the butler it's fantastic if only we had some way to force me to watch movies that you like and talk about them.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I even talked to somebody who was thinking about being on the show, and I'm pretty sure they said Clue would be their one.
1: Oh, that would be fantastic.
0: It would be. So. Okay, right, sorry, back, I back, uh, you. Uh, go th- ahead. No, no, Gosh, please, man, is, gosh, 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 gosh yes, gosh, yes, gosh. Tim Curry is the first on-screen credit you see for somebody who's in the film. Who's the second one? Uh, Kermit the Dang Frog, all right? He plays Captain <laughs> Smollett, Miss Piggy is Benjamina Gunn, like you just know it's going to be a good time because you got the Muppets and you got Tim Curry right off the bat, and then you got this guy, this kid who plays Jim, young British actor. He's still doing a little bit of acting today. His name is currently escaping me. I did
1: notice reading about him that the one piece of trivia I found is that he did undergo the uh, 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 blah, blah blah. This is good podcasting. Um, great podcasting. Crap. Kevin Bishop is his name. Kevin Bishop. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, no, I was looking on the IMDb. I was looking, the one piece of trivia I found is that he underwent puberty while filming the movie. And they what had to shock. redo all of his music because his voice changed halfway through the, sh- the so, shoot. So,
0: yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because the first song of the movie is this amazing pirate theme, you know, shiver my timbers, shiver my soul, yo ho we ho and it's this great, great song. Um, this is one of the few movies where I'm just... How do I put this? You know, sometimes, like as an adult, you watch a kids movie and you see like the one character well up with emotion, you're like, any second now, they're gonna have that. Look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my like so they're gonna have that song any second, right? And sometimes as an adult, and I and I recently saw Frozen 2, and I had this moment happen like two or three times where I'm just like, okay, like here comes the song. There isn't a moment in this movie where I'm just like, oh, here comes the song. It's more like, yes, another song! Fantastic! I get so stoked every time they're about to sing again. And like, that song sets the perfect tone for the movie. You get right into the tavern scene. You get to meet all the main characters. You got Jim, you got Gonzo, you got Rizzo. You got the maid, who is played by. um, She was great. Yeah, Jennifer Saunders, which most people know her as the Fairy Godmother in Shrek Two. She's also in a ton of other things. She's so funny in this movie. They keep thinking like she hears everything she says or that they say. It turns out she always does, and they like the joke is how does she do that? Ah, I love it. Um, (laughs) And there's this moment where, uh, and I think this is kind of why I connect with this movie so much is that second song that Jim sings, um, "Something Better," I think it's called. Uh, yeah, so many lines in that like as a ten-year-old I was watching the movie in the theater being like I get that I get that you like I it. get it. Yeah, I mean but...
1: on the inside
0: I mean for goodness sake even as an adult There have been times in my life where I've seen this movie going through whatever I'd gone through at the time and like the certain lyrics like hold out to me like my future looks like nowhere that I want to be Holy hell like what? <laughs> oh my gosh What a great line? There's gotta be something better than this for me great freaking song i love that song always speaks to my heart um so you got this kid jim he's a typical farm boy trope you know he's stuck in that little tavern and then boom adventure calls in the form of billy Connolly. that's right the filthy scottish comedian plays a pirate who has the map and there's this amazing scene where he's dying and he gives him the map and it's the whole jim jimmy jim 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 thing which is always funny and always super quotable um the,
1: the only problem I had with that is we didn't get to see him bouncing off of Tim Curry, because they were just, I mean, his introduction coming into the scene right out of the bat grabbed me more than anything else in the movie. Because it starts with him telling that story, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, his introduction, and then his exit, because Rizzo goes, he died? This is supposed to be a kid's movie. Fantastic. Right, right. Gem, gemmy, Jem, gemmy, gem, gem. And then, like, a random thing. Like, every time I see this movie, there's always something I never caught the first time, or the second, or the fifth, or the 50th time. This time, when they were digging through his chest of things trying to find uh, the treasure map, what do they find? Henry Kissinger's democracy. Like, Gonzo just pulled up this whopping textbook. It's like, what the heck is that doing in here?
1: Ah. Yeah. Well, so when you said we're going to do this movie, I thought I should do this without my kids. I need to just be able to focus. There'll be a distraction. I'm so glad I resisted that urge because it was great for me to watch as they just, you know, kids find things funny. The adults don't find things. Excuse me. Kids are entertained by different things than adults are. And it was really great to watch it from the kids perspective because I never saw this as a kid. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think, you know, when you sent me that video of them all dancing at the end, like, that was just... I'm like, yes! A new generation now will love this movie. <laughs> I've, so, they had I've served my They great time. Oh, uh, I'm so happy to hear that. So, so, Billy Bones, right? That's his name. Billy Bones, he dies, comes back to life, does so the Jim, Jimmy, Jim thing, gives him the treasure map, tells him the whole story was true. And then he has, like, one of those great fourth wall breaks where he talks about, you know, his very last words are like, don't ever run with scissors, Like, the dialogue in this movie is amazing. It's written so incredibly well. The puns are awesome. The jokes are hilarious. Like, every line is awesome.
1: Uh, That line specifically got my kids pretty hard. And I don't even know if they completely understood it, but they knew something really funny was happening that wasn't normal or fitting in the scene.
0: (laughs) The whole... Yeah, it's... uh... Oh, I and also running with scissors. Sure, it's all great fun <laughs> until someone loses an ah, ah, and then he dies. Ah, as a kid, like that went a hundred percent over my head until I saw it at home on VHS, and then I was like, oh, okay, like that, that. that's a good joke because you know around the time I had it on VHS was around the time Weird Al came out with Running with Scissors. That's a whole other conversation, but it did look like good uh, fun. It's literally him on the cover running with two scissors. It's amazing. So we get to <laughs> later on in the movie, Fozzie shows up, you know, and he's got Mr. Oh, what's his name? Mr. Bimbo? No. He's got like a... Oh, Bimbo. Mr. Bim- Bimbo, yes. Yeah, Mr. Bimbo. And the guy who played Fonzie was just like, that's the stupidest, dumbest joke. I hated that joke. And by the time they finished oh, the movie... Hold on, hold on, it. hold
1: on, hold on. Hold on. The guy who played Fonzie? You, I know I meant to say Frank Oz.
0: All right, all right. You, I'm gotta, a- you can't just skip over Frank Oz playing Fozzie. Uh, uh, Fozzie, yeah, Fozzie Bear. I, d- I don't mean to skip over him being Fo- Miss Busy Bear, or Fozzie or Sam the Eagle or Animal or any of those other people. Like Frank Oz is not some guy. I know he's a legend. I don't know why you I didn't asked. get his name right when you needed <laughs> him to have me say his name. But I loved the joke about him not knowing what the ocean is initially, and Rizzo saying like, you know, the big blue wet thing, and then that's another running joke in the movie. Um, I love that Stalter and Waldorf with the ship figureheads. I love when Sam the Eagle shows up. He's literally wearing red, white, and blue like in his outfit. Like The dude just can't help but love I America. I did not notice that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a blue and white stripe suit. I think a red scarf. I think that's what it is. But yeah, he had red, white, and blue on. He pitches the captain as this guy who has demons or mere mortals can't fathom him and Gonzo's just like, he's got demons? Cool! Like, that's awesome! <laughs> like, Gonzo was so happy this whole movie and I don't know why I didn't remember that so much until I saw it again, but he is always stoked, he's always happy like, even when he's getting tortured he's laughing his butt off, he thinks it's the greatest thing and now he can dunk and play
1: basketball and, ah. I may have to change. I think I actually think that was the best part of the movie: watching his wire-held arms flopping <laughs> around as he's just delighted to no end about the craziness of it.
0: Yeah, people who can't see us, I'm doing the Gonzo hand wave when he's like kind of like poking at the captain. Oh, and then cur- what was
1: the uh, what was the solution? What do they call that? The uh, oh, uh, we'll the see. window curtain. Yeah, something, therapy something or something. Like that.
0: Yeah, like they, he's got him all strapped down, and then he cuts the scissors, and boom—he flaps back up, and all of his arms and legs retract. Yeah. Something like the yeah, something like the curtain or the blinds. It's, so,
1: it's, it's something to do with window. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a window joke. It's great, but yeah, maybe I'm biased to tell. I love all the songs in this movie. Like, there wasn't a song where you know I didn't want to hear. I was always stoked for sailing for adventure. I even love that the pirates echo back like all the. The great lines of that song especially when the little rats like and margaritas at the midnight buffet and they're all like margaritas at the midnight buffet like come on this movie's amazing are you kidding me are you kidding me like it's so good and i the roll call sequence which recently went viral again on reddit's r videos uh, sub like that was like the top post of the day i think might have even been the week hmm. i always laugh so hard at big fat ugly bug face baby eating o'brien just like a random Cute actress who oh, pops up. Oh, so good! I mean, there's just not a wasted moment in this movie. There's not a wasted joke. Like every scene's got a good laugh, good punch. Even when Miss Piggy shows up and Long John reveals to the bad guy. Spoilers, I guess. I guess spoilers.
1: You can have spoilers for a movie from '96.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, you could have spoilers for King, the original King Kong. You know, so that makes sense. But, ugh. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's. I'll put it to this way, folks. That's halfway through the movie. I've only gushed about the first half of the movie. I didn't even talk about. Sam the Eagle being most safe, which is most definitely a line that we use in our house all the time. Whether it's like most safe, most safe. Yeah, it's just like you got, I'm going to go outside and shovel the driveway and I'll say like, okay, just please be most safe. Like that's a line we say in our house <laughs> all the time and I, I, I remind my wife because I'm, I'm somewhat a bad driver in her eyes like she'll be you know ah. nervous the entire time I'm driving and I'm just like don't worry honey I want to arrive alive too I will be most safe like it's just a line we use in our house because okay. he's awesome did,
1: did your wife watch it with you this time?
0: she did not but she has watched it with me before um, does
1: she get it like you get it?
0: Do women ever get it the way that men get it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think she does. I mean, she definitely knows it's Sam the Eagle. I know she knows it's Muppet Treasure Island. Um, so I think we can reflect on that and laugh together.
1: Ha-ha, ha-ha. <laughs> Sorry, that question was probably not most safe. Uh, well,
0: okay, you want to talk about things that aren't most safe? You know what else I caught that I've never caught before, and this isn't really a spoiler, but at the very end of the movie, one of the rock statues from the very beginning is telling a joke, and he says, <laughs> Why does the ocean roar? You would too if you had crabs on your bottom and oysters in your bed. Crabs on your bottom? Come on, Muppet people. Like, you know that only adults are left in the theater. Holy crap. What a hey, thing. Well, to Tim say. Curry's
1: expression there, even he seemed horrified that The Rock was saying these things to him.
0: Yeah. I definitely thought it was one of those split takes where, you know, he was just being told the joke off screen. I mean, I know it's a whole green screen thing, but. And anyway, people, that that's the first half of this movie. Like, I could. Seriously go on So I'll go on uh, So Miss Piggy shows up <laughs> And she plays Benjamina And like Kermit and her Have this love thing Because what Muppet movie Doesn't have them Having a love thing And then Jim's friendship With the other humans Is tested And you get Sam the Eagle back again It's oh Look I, I, If I love this movie This much Like you could at least Rent it Okay Like on Amazon Or Xfinity Or it's whatever It's on Disney Plus It's on Disney Plus For free Everybody on Disney in the Plus world has Disney Plus it's, it's free with your Paid subscription so, I I love this movie. Like, see it with your nieces and nephews. If you don't have kids, like, then see it with your own kids. Like, it's a great freaking movie. I'm gushed.
1: Good job. Thank you. Gush. Not bad so for a first completes. gush. Yeah, gush. Gush. I've gushed. You got it out of you.
0: I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm like pumped. I'm actively pumped and hyped up about this movie. I think it's just utterly fantastic. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's the greatest kids movie. I think. Uh, and without it, I don't think they would have uh, tried making Pirates of the Caribbean, which went on to be like the biggest success Disney ever had. But that's none of my business. At
1: first, high praise. Now it's one of those things where, again, I saw it in college with you, and to be honest, I kind of forgot about it. Not to, not to the f- because it's of uh, the movie's fault. It's just life is busy in college, and so I'm so glad you made me sit down and watch it again because the Muppets are one of these things where I rarely think to turn the Muppets on. Yeah. It's never something like I sit down and think, you know, today's a Muppets evening. But every time I do turn them on, I wonder why I don't watch them constantly all the time, especially with kids running around the house. I got four kiddos here. They should be Mm -hmm. just living on a diet of Muppets pretty much half the time.
0: Yeah, it's it's fairly safe as far as, you know, shows go. I mean, I think the ABC reboot was a little, what, TV 14 or something. But I mean, you can't go wrong with their movies. There's so many great jokes that
1: just will fly right over their heads. Well, that's just it. It's, I mean, it's fairly safe, but it's also clever as heck. Yeah. Clever. I can't say clever as heck. It's fairly safe, but it's also clearly clever as hell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they say hell in the movie a couple of times. The whole part where they they give um, they give Long John Silver the black spot, and he turns the tides. Like that's what I love about this scene. Like as a writer, I'm always looking for like interesting ways for characters to like start the scene one way and then end up. Another way, like it's always a power struggle. So at one point in like this scene, Long John's all tied up. He shot Dead Tom, who was dead. Long John shot him. Another great, wonderful line. But Dead Tom's always been dead. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Old Tom, really old Tom dead Tom, I think were the three Toms of the movie. So long John shoots him. He's all tied up and the, and they give him the black spot, the goat who plays just the stupidest character in the movie gives him the black spot. And so in the whole scene, like the pirates are in power and long John is not in power. By the end of the scene, long John is in power and is ruling over the pirates. Once again, like, and it became from this part where he, you know, essentially taunted them like you put a black spot on a page from the Holy Bible. Oh, the gates of hell! It's this great sequence where they really flip the power in that in that scene, and it's awesome. But um, well, as
1: far as either of you know, either as far as either you or I know, that was a perfect transliteration from the book.
0: Yeah, as far as we know, I mean, that, 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 that chapter was perfectly uh, captured in the spirit of the Muppets. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: what else mm-hmm. stuck out to you uh,
1: this time? for you. Oh, I, well, this is silly, but the first thing that grabbed me, the part where I was sold is right off the bat when Gonzo makes a Star Trek reference. I don't know why I found that line so funny, boldly going where no man has gone before. Yeah. But that, that just grabbed me and tickled my cockles. That
0: might've been right off of the heels. I think next generation was already done because that ended in 94. So it must've been DS nine was going on. So yeah, Star Trek was still actively, and people's uh, you know viewpoint on television
1: yeah yeah no I, I the whole the whole bit I, I who doesn't love it when Kermit shows up at any point in the movie but even things like I wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't pointed out that the cast is listed as Kermit playing X Miss Piggy playing X mm. and and uh, I know prior to this, correct me if I'm wrong, the Muppets didn't do adaptations before this. Wasn't this the first one? No,
0: they did Muppets Christmas or, or Carol before. Christmas uh, Carol. Three years okay. before.
1: Okay. Which, I, I don't know, I, I love the idea of fake characters playing other fake characters as the fake character actor.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have good call-outs um, during Christmas Carol where they're just like, hey, ugh, no, you're you're playing this person. Like They do things like that that are just great. Oh. Well, I, did,
1: I feel like it,
0: it,
1: sorry, I'm rambling. That's, um, That's what we're here for. The problem is I don't remember the Muppet character names. <laughs> <laughs> the chef guy. Oh, Swedish Chef, had, yeah. Swedish Chef shows up, and they're like, "How else did you expect us to get him in this movie?" And the the self-awareness to me is part of the appeal of the Muppets in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, oh,
0: my train just left
1: the station mentally. Because I'm just... <laughs> think, I think you've gushed, man. So yeah. so the question we have here is, is what what makes this particularly special to you? What Why do you think this is in your top three?
0: I think because I, I, I remember being nine and seeing the trailer for it and then being ten and actually seeing it in the theater like living in Fox Lake, Illinois where I grew up and actually going down to like the five cinema that I believe is still there and having my little popcorn and seeing that movie. Like, I still vividly remember going to see that movie. And then I think... I think what makes it special is the lyrics in a lot of those songs like i said before i I really love that line i actually love just about every line in jim's song in the beginning of the movie like wanting something more looking for something better like going for a dream going wherever the wind may take you like all of those things like for some reason that whole farm boy trope like really kind of applied to my life back then and in a way a little bit of a way still does now where i think about moments where i might be stuck or something or um there was a period in my life when I was in Arizona, I was working a job I absolutely hated and I would put this movie on and like every lyric of that song, like really spoke to my heart and I was just like, dang, like there's gotta be something better. And then it's, well then what action do you take to make things better? And so I think because of that, I just love this movie and really just is that funny. And I mean, I I know that was just super serious right there, but it really is a funny, strongly written, well-performed movie. Um, It's just a great, great flick I think that's what sticks with me.
1: Sure. I mean, it's slapstick. It's hilarious, but it's also earnest as hell. And you just you can't help but respect that. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, anything for you like stick out and for any reason why you would just want the whole world to see this from your perspective?
1: I guess uh, anybody coming from my shoes where they, they did not grow up with the Muppets, this is not some, my parents, not a huge Muppets people, mm-hmm. not something they felt like they needed to put in our lives. I feel like I missed out as a kid, and I can think of no better way to start a family on Muppets than Muppet Treasure Island. It's, it introduces you to the characters, I would say, except they're not playing themselves, but they are, and I don't know. I just, I, I really, I, I, I don't think there's a better Muppets movie out there.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, I think uh, soon after this, they did Muppets in Space, and that just, that kind of explores the whole Gonzo joke in this movie where they're like, Gonzo is a, uh, a, uh, a whatever. Right, exactly, a whatever. <laughs> uh, and I don't know, that one just didn't work for me as well. I think it was probably all the uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band songs, but that's for another day. We're here to love. We're here to gush on the goodness of that movie. Uh, so, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, Hey, Brendan, pick a number between one and two hundred and ninety
1: nine. Hey, Nick, I love picking numbers between (laughs) one and two hundred and ninety nine. Yeah. Two ninety nine. Let's go one hundred and eighty seven. All right. Number one eighty seven. That
0: would be Joel Collins, who was a modeler in this movie. Ooh. I wonder what "modeler" means. So, so what we do, folks, is we have all of the cast members and all the all the behind-the-scenes people, all the above-the-line, below-the-line people. They're all into this massive Excel sheet. So, each week we'll have a person pick a number, and then that number will be we're just gonna look up that random person and and just see what they were doing. And so we got this guy, Joel Collins. Uh, he's worked on a ton of different things, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He just done Black Mirror as production designer. Worked on Son of Rambo, another awesome movie. Um, his Dark Materials was a production designer, Watership Down. Gosh, he's done a lot of stuff.
1: I got to assume he was working on, on miniature sets or...
0: Yeah, I wonder. It's, so it's these, It's his only visual effects credit. is Muppet Muppet Treasure Island modeler. Uh, what the heck? Are there any other modelers in this movie? Let's see, Joel Collins.
1: Uh. I mean, if he was a modeler in Star Wars, it'd be pretty clear what he did. Maybe he built the ships or something?
0: That, hey, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, he does a ton of production design. If that is
1: what it is, for the record, that's like my dream Hollywood job. Oh, hey, look at that. If I could just build crap.
0: He's got a Muppet fandom site. Joel is a production designer who began his career with Jim Henson's Creature Shop. He worked as a trainee on the Flintstones yeah. and then moved on to The NeverEnding Story Part 3 as a sculptor. Muppet Treasure Island as part of the Miniatures unit. Yes, you are correct. Miniatures. Cool. So he's a maker. He makes stuff. I love it. Collins later became production designer of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which used the Creature Shop for effects. I did not know that. That's super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, Joel Collins, thank you for your contribution to one of my favorite films of all time. You are awesome, sir. I hope that you are currently working on good things and that you're having a totally awesome career. And, and yeah, he,
1: it surely looks like you've made a lot of the stuff that we've loved. Yeah, so he, he appreciate it. He looks stoked
0: it. in his uh, his IMDb photo. He's got the Apple yeah, earbuds. I'm looking yeah, looking unreal. So Joel, thank you so much. I love it.
1: All right, so now we come to a, a part that I've been specifically looking forward to. Um, I have a list here in front of me of movies that uh, Mr. Nick Lischko hates. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> I know we said we'd be positive, and here we are, talk about hate.
1: Yep, these are movies that he hates. There uh, there's some doozies in this this very long list I have. Um, well, so I'm gonna pick one of these at random, and and again we are positive around yeah, here. Yeah, that's so point. you're gonna have to you have to say something nice about it. <laughs> uh, all right. So this long list of movies, three. I would like you to pick a number, one through three. Oh
0: my goodness, I will go with three.
1: Three. If you don't mind. Oh, good lord. Uh-oh. Could you say something nice about Fireproof? Oh, no! Oh! Uh. That's got to be the... Oh, that's rough, man. Go so, ahead. You do your so thing.
0: I saw Fireproof in the theaters with my mother. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Fireproof is a movie starring Kirk Cameron, I believe, uh, where he plays a firefighter, and him and his wife are on the verge of divorce, and then his father recommends that he does a love diary for his wife and starts taking her out on dates. Um, I almost started going down a rabbit mm. hole of why I hate this movie, but I won't. Um, the whole purpose of this movie is essentially to have Christians on the verge of divorce, not divorce. They even came out with a love diary that you could, you know, work with your spouse on and go on dates and, and learn to love each other again when made you fall in love with in the first place. So,
1: okay. You don't have to gush about fire. I'm not, oh man. my gosh. I know you love if it. If I had
0: to say one nice thing. About that movie, it's that if it even saved one marriage, it was worth watching. While the performances are lackluster at best, and the acting hurts my heart, and the cinematography makes me sad, <laughs> if that movie <laughs> truly helped some marriages that were on the brink of divorce, and people stuck together for their kids, fantastic. So, well done, Pirate. Hey, that, nice oh. that was
1: a nice thing, man. That was <laughs> a nice thing. Excuse me for just a. Well, now, now, hold on. I should ask. Do you want to stick with that one? Or is is a Christian movie too controversial for episode one? I
0: don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, okay. Christians exist. It's all good.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm just all doing. right.
0: We'll talk... We'll, yeah, we'll keep it in there. Okay, Hey. so what have you been watching recently? Great question. Uh, so I recently turned in a script to a production company for... Uh, it's an animated spec that I've been working on for a number of years. And so um, you try to give yourself writing treats, where if you get the script turned in on time, then you get a little treat... And so my treat currently is watching all of the expanded editions of Lord of the Rings. And so, nice. so far I've gotten halfway through Fellowship and, and this is a shock, of course, but I am also reading Lord of the Rings for the very first time ever. I just got to the bridge of... Something... Go
1: ahead. I mean, something we've been judging you for for
0: I, my, my little brother is like a Tolkien-esque genius. I you know, I've always admired Stephen Colbert's knowledge about it. Uh, Peter Jackson is clearly mm-hmm. ridiculously knowledgeable about it. And I love the movies very much. Fellowship is my number 10 on my personal favorite list. It's probably a lot higher now. I'd have to redo that list, but anyway, um, so halfway through fellowship, just got to, in the book, I'm in book two bridge of Kazakh doom. Uh, and I actually, am also going back and watching the Simpsons. I missed a lot of, Simpsons, always good. A lot of Simpsons growing up. I would watch it with Brendan in his room in college. And, uh, I kinda thought to myself, you know, I should catch up just a bit. I was reading a book where they talked about the writers of the Simpsons and what a given community that was, as opposed to
1: other writers' rooms. I was like, okay, I should I should just watch the show and I worked. It's funny you bring that up, man, because I gotta be honest, watching Muppets Treasure Island, I was struck by the Simpsons style writing. Dense jokes, cleverly packaged, with a lot of heart. It just it reminded me of the Simpsons at their heyday. Yes indeed. Yes indeed. So yeah, Simpsons, Lord of the Rings.
0: That is pretty much what I've been watching, and then my wife is watching Hallmark movies in the other room. Brendan, what are you watching lately?
1: Well, so these days, uh, actually, so I started uh, David Fincher's Mindhunter exactly three days before finding out it was canceled. Oh no! So now I'm sitting here thinking, should I keep going or not? But I'm enjoying it so much I probably will. I
0: think I got to about the seventh Um, episode in that one. Just the the 90% of the performances in that show
1: are quite good. David Fincher's one of those guys where I love his stuff, but it's heavy, man. But I'm enjoying it right now, so I'm going to keep going We're with good. that. Last night on a whim, I watched the first uh, Evangelion reboot movie, just because I felt like it. Is that 1.0 um, or 2.0, or is it one of those .0s? Isn't it like 1.1 point point point, point one? I can't remember. Lord. You cannot... Re- you, are not, you are not alone. Yes. You are, yeah, I don't remember. But it's good. I enjoyed it. It's, it's you know. It's the least disturbing of all the Evangelion night uh, <laughs> movies. Content. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm trying to convince my wife to watch Ad Astra with me. So we're gonna do that probably soon. Maybe. I've never seen the Exorcist, so I think I'm gonna see that with my dad this weekend. Ooh. So see. The Exorcist. That's uh
0: that's, yeah. So you're talking about heaviness with Fincher. Sheesh, Exorcist has gotta be right up there. Yeah. What did the wife think of
1: Evangelion? Uh, so we watched the whole series and she really liked the ending of the series as abstract as it is. And then we watched the end of Evangelion movie and, um, we don't talk about Evangelion anymore.
0: <laughs> we don't talk I anymore. went on to
1: watch, watch the movie about four or five more times. I loved it so much. She, 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 didn't. <laughs> she, didn't. she didn't. I like
0: appreciate it. that your wife attempts to watch anime with you. That is,
1: that is a wonderful thing. Well... Let's. The last major anime we've watched was Evangelion, so we'll see if that continues. Yes, indeed. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. We're in the middle of Witch Hunter Robin right now. We're doing that, hey, too. Hey, that's got excellent music. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Actually
0: excellent music. Cool. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's our first episode of Gush. Um, next week is going to be Brendan. He's going to gush about a little movie about a train, and that's all we'll say about that. A
1: little choo-choo train.
0: A little, the little engine that could, for all the major pain fans Oh, it out could.
1: There, it
0: could indeed. So we'll catch you all next week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Cinema Gush. If you like it, subscribe if we have that feature. Share about it on Facebook. And that's all we got for you this week. We'll catch you later. Bye.